Season Saviors is brought to you by DHS Press for all the news the Titans need to know. Make sure to check out a special interview done by Varun Shankar with Jimmy Christ about his commitment to Penn State. And to check out my fantasy football talk for week, or week 12 this week. Hello, this is Shane Riley, a co-host of Season Saviors. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Dental Center. And no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. Give them a call today at 703-870-2487. Hello and welcome to another episode of Season Saviors. I'm Ian Whitfield and joined, of course, by the one and only Shane Riley. Shane, how you doing today? Ian, I am spectacular. It's it's another great week of fantasy football. Uh, we're going to go and jump right into it with the standouts. Starting off with a guy whose name we have you know mentioned previously, but Josh Allen doing it again, Ian. Yeah, it's this is probably our, I believe it's our third week in a row that we've mentioned Josh Allen in a standout category, and he really is standing out. Over the past four weeks, he has looked like a top three fantasy quarterback. To be fair, though, He's faced Miami twice, Philly, which isn't super easy, but it's also not hard. It's about middle of the pack. The Skins, which is as easy as Miami, and then the Browns, who's also bottom half of the league. So for me, Josh Allen, he's putting up what he needs to do in these situations. He's showing that he is a viable fantasy quarterback with his the production he produces with his legs. He's put over 33 fantasy points last week against that Miami team. He, for me... He's a really viable quarterback, too, for the moment. And I think you can trust him in your lineup, especially I played him because I had Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan was injured for uh, two weeks and had a bye, so I had to start Allen for three weeks in a row. And then I kept starting him with these favorable matchups, and he kept producing for me, and he finally went off last week. and was the number one fantasy quarterback last week. So for me, Allen is a guy that I'm willing to trust, but I'm really interested to see how he does over these next few games against like a Denver, a Dallas, and a Baltimore. Yeah, I have to agree. I think that coming up are his biggest challenges of the season. Um, but he did have his highest QBR of the season against um, Miami this week, which is, you know, you that's what you want to see when they're going up against arguably the worst defense in the league. But he really has a connection with John Brown, who went as well north of 30 points in this week against Miami. Um, but like you mentioned, not a good defense, very weak. Um, would say that Denver is a is a strong defense for next week, but I think that their offense is is not as uh, you know like they turn the ball over. I don't think they're as good as you know to say that he's a must sit in my opinion. I think that you can still have some confidence in his ability to run the ball. Maybe he brings a new aspect um, since Chubb is actually done for the season for Denver, so maybe he's able to uh, use his legs to. Um, break apart this defense and he has he has had at least 20 rushing yards in all but one game this season which in my opinion is very valuable because if he were to make a turnover uh the rushing yards just easily pick pick that up for him yeah and when you say the stat of he's gone over 20 yards in every single game except for one it's not just that he's barely breaking that 20 yard mark in some of these games he's putting up 60 rushing yards and a touchdown unlimited attempts too yeah he's going he has eight in eight of his sorry in eight of his last 10 games He's had seven rushing touchdowns and six or more rushing attempts. That is crazy for a, for a quarterback. And obviously, that's those are Lamar Jackson. Like That would make Lamar Jackson look like he's having a bad season. But for a normal, non 
superstar like Lamar Jackson, that those are good rushing numbers for a fantasy quarterback. So for me, Allen is definitely a guy you can plug into your lineup with trust. Yeah, well, and, I think one thing that I do doubt about him is he hasn't had a 300-yard game this season. Yeah, that, that is that one of the things is he's averaging about the 200, 250 range, and he does tend to have at least a turnover there too. So you are really dependent on those rushing numbers. But Shane, you want to head, head into Calvin Ridley? Yes, I would love to hop into Calvin Ridley. He's only been under six targets twice this season, and he's but he has only had one touchdown in the past five weeks, which was of course this week's, this week, which shows that I mean that can really help his numbers as he hasn't been putting up that great. But his snap count has been above eighty percent these past three weeks. You know, being the number two receiver, I think that's a a very promising statistic. As you know, obviously he's behind Julio Jones, but it is a little concerning for next week. Um, I might add that in his career. In his career against Tampa Bay, he has only averaged 40 yards and four catches in those two games. Yeah, that's definitely a stat that you want to look into. But looking more at the whole of his season, he obviously coming off a great game, eight targets, all eight catches for 143 yards and a touchdown for 28.3 fantasy points. I think he actually benefits behind Julio Jones. And because Julio is such a prominent wide receiver and such a prominent NFL name, that defenses steer their entire game plan to Julio Jones and kind of not forget about Calvin Ridley, but they they put a much less player on Calvin Ridley. And Calvin Ridley is a elite, in my opinion, is a very good wide receiver. I, sh- I shouldn't have used the word elite. But, I mean, he's a little boomer bust, but he's averaging 6.5 targets per game, which is promising. And he still plays Tampa this twice this year. And I know you mentioned that he is... He hasn't had the greatest success against Tampa, which is surprising, as most wide receivers do. But he still does play them twice this year, which are very favorable matchups. So I'm still going to ride the statistics that are shown by majority wide receivers as maybe we don't know what went on. Maybe he had a sickness or an injury or something like that. We don't know. But I think we're going to see a really big uptick in volume. And as one of my takes for Calvin Ridley, I'm, I think we're going to see him really turn it on for the end of this season. And I really think we're going to see him come around next year. Yeah, I think his, but I think his next three matchups are against the NFC South teams, all three of them. And he actually pairs up well against both the Saints and Panthers as yeah. he's really shining against both those teams as he's averaged um, a touchdown against those teams in every game he's played against them. Yeah. So I think that going forward for at least these next three weeks that he's very promising. And the Falcons' offense has looked really good. Uh, getting into our final uh, standout, Ian, Jameson Crowder. I'm going to pat myself on the shoulder a little bit here. Uh, going back to the beginning of the year, Jamison Crowder, I drafted in every single league, and I really was prominent in how I came across this. I thought Jamison Crowder was going to have a great year this year. And so far, he's done it when Sam Darnold is his quarterback. When Darnold was his quarterback, he's starting to put up double-digit fantasy points per week. He's getting targets like it's no one's business. And the connection out of the slot is what Darnold's looking for is Darnold is struggling as obviously I mean he played he played well last week against Washington but I mean it's the skins so you don't want to put too much emphasis on it same thing for Crowder but Crowder's now gone three straight weeks of 76 yards and a touchdown or better so right there that's elite wide receiver one volume he's done that in three straight weeks now the Jets are typically playing from behind and he's getting most of his targets at the line of scrimmage or slightly above so it's hard for these wide receivers especially in the slot, they're not going to get pressed up on that much. So for these wide receivers like Crowder and other slot guys, they have if they're getting the volume, it's not like they're going to drop these targets because that's literally their job is to get these quick targets, and Crowder racks up so many. 
that he's just getting fantasy points by catches. Yeah, he's even had a game where he had 17 targets. That's I mean, insane. Th- that's, you know, it was early in the season. But, I mean, showing that they have no problem feeding him the ball. Um, it's weird that he's actually been on the field less as the weeks have progressed, even though he's been doing very well. But I think that, that that's not n- anything to worry about, as it was, was not a close game against the Skins. I think yeah. maybe uh, he's not the youngest guy that they want to get him some – some rest or something like that, but he'd still put up a great week, you know. Um, but in his next three matchups, I really love all three of them as he's going up against the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm, he's got such great matchups, and Darnold is actually starting to play just a tad bit better. I'm not trying to say Darnold's playing well because over the while he hasn't been. But he's looked good against bad teams, which is exactly something that's what, you, that's what you're looking for. That's that's all you need when he's going up against three of the bottom half of the league, if not, you know, like the bottom the very very bottom but i mean even when he doesn't get the yards that he's shown that you know you're catches, getting you're, catches, catches. you're getting five catches so i mean he's a very versatile guy and i think that they love him out of the slot and yeah, he's going to get him. the volume with no with no questions about it really getting him involved um Shane, you want to start us with the bust category kenny galladay hello this is shane riley a co-host of season saviors this podcast is sponsored by sterling dental center And no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. Give them a call today at 703-870-2487. I think it's, it's, you know, he doesn't have Matthew Stafford anymore. I think that that's a big problem. Um, But in his last two weeks, he has a combined four catches. But I think one thing that... They're also long catches, which I look so that just means that he is that boomer bust guy that we talk about, and he needs those touchdowns for those long plays. Um, I think that is very concerning, um, being touchdown dependent, and that he has not looked good without his uh, number one quarterback. He's even in the last couple of weeks, he hasn't in the last three weeks, he hasn't had more than four catches. Uh, I think that that's a problem, which he's been on the field for a, a, a while, and I mean, he had nine targets two weeks ago and five targets this and he's only catching four of those I mean I'm not saying that's on him I'm saying that could be on the quarterback which is concerning because uh it's it's not more on him I think it's more on the fact that Matthew Stafford is out so I would tend to I would tend to say that um without Matthew Stafford I think he is done for the rest of the year if I'm not mistaken that Kenny Galladay is kind of a bit of a worry yeah I'm gonna mark Galladay as a really interesting case and there's just so many different variables that go into Kenny Galladay's season. He is nearly every game, he's great. He goes north of 14 fantasy points in every single game this year, except for three, where he was held under five. Ten games, seven and three. So it's boomer bust, but it's it's boomer bust in a way that you're almost willing to take it, which is I don't know if I've ever really seen someone that goes 30 points on seven catches with like four catches down plus 30 yards and a touchdown over like ahead of a defender. And then the next week gets one catch for 22 yards. And it's like just a, like a in route over the middle. So Galladay is definitely a guy that is a little touchdown dependent, but he does get enough volume with his yards per reception that you're still some trustworthiness there, but you can't argue with the fact that he's a, a top 15 fantasy wide receiver. He's, his volume isn't dependent, but he's such great size and such a great aggression going up for balls that he works deeper routes. And his touchdown threat is so it's, – it's, it's got to be one of the best in the NFL. 
is the threat that he poses to get touchdowns. So there is a lot of question marks surrounding the quarterback situation, as we mentioned earlier, without um, Stafford. Sorry, I almost blanked. He struggled, and it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out, especially with me. I have him on one of my teams, and I'm trying to figure out what to do with him right now as I'm heading into playoffs. It's a little alarming, but I'm not really too worried about Kenny Galladay, but you do want to keep see what happens next week heading into playoffs to see if you can really start him in your playoff lineup because then there's no room for error, especially if it's two to back-to-back weeks where he might not get over three catches. Yeah, that's that's I would tend to agree that's very concerning if you ask me. Getting into our second bust, Ian, you want to go ahead and start us off with Deshaun Watson? Yeah, Deshaun Watson, I'm not worried about at all. He, he had to slow down at some point, right? I mean... Worst loss for Watson, he suffered since high school football. The former MVP former MVP candidate, I'm putting uh, quotations around that, is he's definitely not in the conversation anymore after a performance like that. Um, he only put up four fantasy points against the Ravens. Yes, that's terrible. There's no excuse as a, an elite quarterback like him. He should, even against these hard matchups, he should still be able to put up like something like 13 or higher. I don't really know what else to say about Watson. He didn't know how to handle the different packages the Ravens were showing him. They brought a lot of pressure constantly. Uh, then on the very next plays, they would drop into heavy man zones. The man has showed every single week that he's an elite quarterback in this league. He's worth a top three, top four round fantasy pick in leagues. I could label – I was – you. You could almost confidently label him as matchup proof, but you might need to revisit that at a different time after a performance like that on the road or down the road. But, I mean, for me, Watson is still a top five fantasy play week in, week out, and it's just – I just don't think it was his week, honestly. That's all. I don't I don't have a concern for this week. I think that uh, Baltimore does have a good defense. You know, they got a lot of guys in the secondary wet – or not wet, excuse me. But uh, Earl Thomas and uh, Marlon Humphrey and, you know, Jimmy Smith, I think that they have a good secondary and they have a good defensive front with Judon. Um, I just don't think this was his week, but he does have a favorable matchup next week against the Colts as he's averaged over 300 yards and a touchdown um, against them in his career. So I think, but past that, Patriots and Broncos, that's where I get a little skeptical, especially um, against the Patriots who have looked you know, easily the number one defense, you know, I mean, I guess you could argue 49ers, but I'm still going with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you shouldn't have any concern for next week, but I think everyone's concerned when their quarterback's going up against New England. I'm even concerned for a Patrick Mahomes who has struggled recently. Um, still coming back from injury, but yeah, I, rightfully so. I think that Deshaun Watson is no one that you should ever uh, consider not starting, and I think um, – that he's always should always be your number one, and you definitely drafted him as uh, to be your number one quarterback. So I think 100% that agree. you don't go away from him. One hundred percent. Lastly, here Amari Cooper, Shane. You know, I think his struggles against Detroit. Uh, I don't. I mean, they put up thirty-five points. I just don't know where he was in this offense. I think Zeke really has shined, really shined last week. So I guess maybe that it just wasn't. He wasn't in the game plan. It's, I guess Detroit uh, didn't know how to stop Zeke, and I think he's the guy that you feed. And obviously, he does this nice little dance. But mm-hmm. uh, he only—he still had three catches for 38 yards, which is you know six points. That's nothing to write home about. You want 15 from uh, a guy like Amari Cooper at least. Um, I think my biggest area of concern is he's going up against the Patriots, Bills, and Bears in the next three weeks. All none of those, in my opinion, are favorable matchups for anyone. 
um, regardless of who you are. And I think maybe that the Cowboys are looking more towards the guy who they just paid this offseason in, in Ezekiel Elliott, and maybe he's a guy that they really uh, had missed on in the last in the previous weeks uh, up until last week, this week, excuse me. But I think that Amari, there's there's still no concern for Amari Cooper. He's put up over 100 yards, you know, like four times this year, and he's had 10-plus receptions in a couple of the weeks. Uh, I, did, I did see that he did have a game where he only had one catch for three yards. So maybe that this is his one catch for three yards, and that he's going to really turn it on in the coming weeks. I don't, I don't know if that's going to be next week against the Patriots, but as we get closer to playoff time, he's still a guy that I have no problem feeling confident in when I put him in the starting lineup. One name, Darius Slay. Man is locked down. You can't. I really didn't think Amari Cooper would ever have trouble with his route running. The kid. If he doesn't have the best route running in the NFL, he's top three, and it's like a lock. And Slay was stuck on him every single play. It was actually fun to watch, which I never thought I would say watching like a cornerback uh, play like that. But with that said, Cooper was still battling a knee injury last week, coming off uh, an injury he suffered in Week 10. They still played him for about 60% of snaps, uh, 65% of snaps. But you have to you have to put in all those factors. He was... A little banged up, Darius Slay. Obviously, they had to turn to some other weapons, as you mentioned, Zeke. And uh, they even got Gallup involved. So, the dangerous wide receiver, in my opinion, is still a constant starter in a prime role in an offense that has actually looked decent this year. His route running's too elite not to start, and Slay's just another level. I think that's those are the only takeaways we can get from that. And Shane, you want to hit us with your first start? Absolutely. I'm um, kicking it off with Baker Mayfield, quarterback for the Browns, a guy that um, throughout the whole year has been horrible, um, in my <laughs> opinion. Like I can't even sugarcoat it. He has literally some of the greatest weapons um, around him in, in the entire NFL, uh, probably one of the best receiving cores, if not the best, uh, with Odell and Jarvis. And then, of course, he has Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb out of the backfield, and yet he still is struggling. Um, which is very concerning for me. But he's going up against a Miami team at home. I mean, they're 29th against opposing QBs in fantasy, so I don't see how this isn't a chance for Baker Mayfield to actually show everyone uh, that he can be a good quarterback. And maybe this could start uh, a, a run for him. I don't know. I, I really hope that he could turn it around as a lot of people had a lot of hope for him. And I think me as an Odell owner in a couple of leagues, I would love to see him, I don't know, be able to throw it to Odell. So he can actually get some points. <laughs> yeah, I know y'all drafted him really high up. But that's early second round, if not late first round, right? Uh, I got him in the second. Second, yeah. Uh, Hello, this is Shane Riley, a co-host of Season Saviors. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Dental Center. And no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. Give them a call today at 703 703- 870-2487. Anyways, my first start is Tevin Coleman against the Packers. The Packers have been really generous to running back since starting this year as one of the most stout defenses in the NFL. But right now they're giving up 28.8 fantasy points per game to running backs. Obviously, that's a combined between all running backs. But they're the third most generous team to opposing running backs. And Tevin Coleman, even though he's gone a little cold, he is the feature back in, uh, not the feature back, but the lead back for the 49ers at the moment. 
it's Matt Bryda battling some injuries. But he's gone over double-digit carries in every single game except for Week 10 against the Seahawks. But he is racking up receptions. He's gone over two in every single game and th- uh, four and three in his last two. And he's getting reception. He's getting a- some good, decent yards with those receptions. He's gone 32 and 48 in those times. Also, he's. I want him to see it turn. I want to see him turn around. Obviously, I am a Tevin Coleman owner in one of my friend leagues, so that's important to me. But against the Packers, I think you're going to see the 49ers go up big early. I think we're it's, we're going to see almost a Tevin Coleman show this week. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Um, you know, I'm going to continue with the running back trend on my next start. I'm going Bo Scarborough, a guy that you probably haven't heard since he played at Alabama, and, you know, he was an absolute tank. But he seems to be Detroit's leading rusher as uh, he had 14 carries for 55 yards and a touchdown in Week 11 against Dallas. Um, you know, the mo- his 14 carries were the most by a Detroit running back since uh, on Johnson was still healthy. So... I think that he's a guy, he's matched up against a Washington team that is 24th against opposing running backs, has struggled all year, just gave up 34 points to the Jets offense. I think that this is a guy that you could actually have some confidence in um, as, as a lot of teams are, you know, I think the Chiefs are going into a bye week. I think that Bo Scarborough could potentially be a guy that you, you pick up and start. So I would have confidence in Bo Scarborough, especially if he continues to be a number one running back against a defense that has struggled all year. Ian. Yeah, Scarborough, I actually watched play a little bit off uh, flipping through a, on red zone and stuff, and he actually looked really good, and Detroit's really excited about him and willing to let him go to work a little bit. So definitely someone that you can plug into your lineup this week. Um, I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley against the Buccaneers, and I know you gave us some stats earlier, Shane, that would suggest that he doesn't play well against the Buccaneers, and rightfully that actually might be so. But... Matt Ryan's finally back. He's had to deal with an injured Matt Ryan, or no Matt Ryan, frankly, for a few weeks now. And with Matt Ryan coming back, he had 30 fantasy points. You can't really argue with that right there. He's starting to turn it around a little bit. He finally had a game where he got some volume. Before that, he was struggling. He kind of he hadn't broken a four-catch barrier since week five. But he plays a Buccaneers team who is nothing but generous to wide receivers. They are the most generous by nearly a whole three fantasy points, and they're the number one. So you can't (laughs) – I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say about that matchup right there. It's hands down a lock, and it's not just like one wide receiver ever pops off against Tampa Bay. They have numerous wide receivers that pop off, and honestly, you might see some harm go to the the Falcons' running game. And even though uh, Devonta Freeman is facing some injuries right now, I, you can't start any of the Tampa Bay, or not Tampa Bay, sorry, the Falcon running backs with uh, confidence. Oh, I agree. I think that Buccaneers find themselves in a shootout uh, a lot of the time, if not getting blown out by the other team. Uh, my final start is going to be Josh Gordon, receiver for the Seattle Seahawks now, as he really likes to jump around. Um, I think that Lockett, if he's not healthy or able to go in week week um, in week 12, excuse me, coming off the week 11 by, I think that... Um, Josh Gordon's the number one receiver for, and the probably the, maybe a, one of the front runners for the MVP, Russell Wilson, who has looked t- phenomenal this season. I think that, um, I don't think that they're going to put DK Metcalf in the number one role as a rookie who who he did have he has struggled with drops this season, but I think that Josh Gordon is still you know a guy we've been waiting to you know do something. Uh, I think that he shows flashes, um, which is ironic because that is his nickname, 
but he, he really does show flashes throughout the season of, you know, maybe this guy is finally the receiver we all thought he was going to be. And, yes, he's had off-the-field struggles, and maybe that has hurt his career. But he's going up against Philly. Um, he was 25th against oppo- opposing wide receivers. So I think if Josh Gordon has a real chance to shine and show who we, who we think he, he is, this is his week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's going to bring me to my final start, which is a little – you might be like, are you serious? Sam Darnold. And hear me out. He's gone over 20 fantasy points in his last two games. Yes, it's against the Giants and the Skins. But he's he looked good against the Skins. Four touchdowns. He had the ball in a string. He was completing passes all over the place. And he goes against another pretty friendly matchup. And even the Skins aren't that friendly against quarterbacks. I mean – They've only were given up. They were about almost exactly in the middle of the pack uh, in number 15 with 18.7 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. But now he's up against an Oakland team that's giving up 22 per game and is one of only six teams in the league to give up over 20 uh, passing touchdowns to the opposition. So it's a prime spot. I think Oakland has had some really big struggles defending the pass, the passing games. They've actually looked pretty good against the run. For me, Sam Darnold's already got a little bit of a hot hand going on. He's established some connections since coming back from Mono, as obviously that was a few weeks back now, but he's finally starting to get his rhythm back, actually, because he actually had negative 6.7 in that game against New England. So uh, he's actually finally turning it around a little bit, and I'm riding um, Sam Darnold this week. Yeah, I think we're going to hop right into the sits here, Ian. Um, my first sit is going to be Brian Hill. Um, as you mentioned, that against Tampa Bay teams tend to love to throw the ball and I think that's going to be the case um, in this game but he also struggled in week 11 against Carolina with 38 total yards on 16 touches Um, and even you know with the potential of Devontae Freeman coming back and uh, Quadre Olison who totaled four catches and 11 yards and a touchdown I think that Brian Hill who's the guy that I had some hope for for potentially being that guy who could get you some big numbers while Devontae Freeman was out, has struggled, and I don't see him being able to, um, A, keep his role, or B, even if he does you know, maintain it for at least this week, I don't think it's going to be a favorable matchup against a Tampa Bay defense that struggles um, heavily against the passing game. Yeah, that's definitely not a secure start at all whatsoever. And that's going to bring me to my first start of the day, Dak Prescott, or sorry, sit of the day, Dak Prescott against the Patriots. I don't want to say sit, but start cautiously with the expectation that you're not going to see big production from Prescott. The the Patriots have been great against quarterbacks. They're literally the best team in the league, and it's by two whole fantasy points. They're a whole two fantasy points better than the 49ers at uh, containing quarterbacks. They're only giving up 10.2 fantasy points per, per game to quarterbacks. And even though New England has a relatively easy schedule, they still are really, they have such a great defense. And I'm scared, even with Prescott being the number three fantasy quarterback at the moment, and he's looked really good. I think we're almost looking at a Deshaun Watson kind of situation here, where you have an elite quarterback, but you're playing such a good defense. And there are there is some fear we could see a really big bust this week. And even though you might start him and you might get 13, 14 fantasy points from him, and you're like, oh, like I'll take it. Like It's better than having to drop someone and get a quarterback for this week, and maybe I have an easy matchup or something like that. 
there is a chance you're looking at him putting up about five fantasy points, six fantasy points or something like that this week against a New England team that is just shut down opposing quarterbacks. They've only given up four passing touchdowns all year. That's yeah. ridiculous. My final, uh, or not final, my second set, excuse me, is going to be Jacoby Brissett um, at Houston. I mean, they're missing J.J. Watt, yes, but statistically he has struggled. Um, he hasn't, he does. He averages close to 200 yards a game, which, you know, isn't isn't that bad, but I think um, it's not a very, it's not a very convincing uh, number against them, and he, he has not looked good in the most recent weeks as he, his highest number of yards in the last three weeks is 200. I think that last week he put up, what, 148 yards, a touchdown and an interception against the Jacksonville defense that is without Jalen Ramsey, and they put up 33 points, and he only put up 150 yards. So I just don't see um, how his how he's going to be able to turn this around. I think that he's on a bit of a cold streak, and I think that's going to continue against um, the Texans in Houston. Yeah, and that's going to bring me to Mohamed Sanu against the Cowboys. So actually the flip side, flip side of the spectrum, we got the Cowboys quarterback against the Patriots, now a Patriots wide receiver against the Cowboys. This is going to be a low-scoring game. But Mohamed Sanu in his first game as a Patriot, played okay, had about, I, actually, I guess he didn't play well. He had about six fantasy points. Then he comes back the next week, has 10 catches for 81 yards and puts up 24.1 fantasy points as he also had a touchdown. And then the next week, or they're on a bye, and then they go to Philly where he has two catches for four yards and only has 3.2 fantasy points. So... It's a really big spectrum here for Mohamed Sanu, and he's up against a Cowboys team where, yes, he was Mohamed Sanu was dealing with an ankle injury, and now he's going to have to have to deal with that again this week against a Cowboys team that's second best in the league, only trailing the Patriots in points per game allowed or fantasy points per game allowed to wide receivers. They haven't allowed; they've only allowed six uh, reception touchdowns all year, which is uh, one of about ten teams to only give up single-digit passing touchdowns this year. And or sorry, one of only about 15 teams that have given up single-digit passing touchdowns, which is obviously a pretty wide spectrum, but still something respectable to look at. Tom Brady's really had his struggles, and with Sanu already battling an injury, I just don't think any of the stars aligned for Sanu this week. And I think you might see Sanu come back into a major role in the future weeks, but for now, do not start him. Hello, this is Shane Riley, a co-host of Season Saviors. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Dental Center. And no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. Give them a call today at 703-870-2487. Yeah, I would, I, I would tend to agree. I think that Patri- uh, even Tom Brady hasn't looked good for the Patriots. No, so he hasn't looked good. So getting into my final sit is going to be Aaron Jones, which is a guy who I think has really boomed like big time he gets massive amounts of points as he really is the guy once they get within the the red zone he's get, going to get that touchdown for mm-hmm. the uh, for the Packers excuse me but I think that they're going up against the 49ers defense that is Im- super impressive against the run um I think you know Nick Bosa and really their front seven has been very impressive this year and I think that that 49ers team is going to get ahead of them, and they're not going to have enough time to run. Even in games where uh, Aaron Jones has put putting up three touchdowns, he only had 13 carries. Um, that's not that many, and I don't see him being able to produce a lot of yards off of 
um, that low amount of carries as he's splitting time with Jamal Williams. Um, maybe out of the passing game, he could have some hope, but I just don't see if you really have any other options. Um, I'm sure a lot of teams have you know three running backs. If you have a guy that has a favorable matchup, sit Aaron Jones. Um, I think a lot of people are going to have actually get stuck starting him, and I don't think he's going to have a very good week against the San Fran defense that is top two in the league. Yeah, both those defenses, uh, Patriots and 49ers, have really shown to be uh, really harmful for fantasy production. And lastly, I'm going to say Josh Allen against the Broncos. And finally, hearing Josh Allen's name again on this show, but finally now for a negative reason, Denver for years has been really good against opposing quarterbacks in fantasy football, and it just continues. It's a hard place to play. 13.2 fantasy points per game, fourth best in the league. Josh Allen isn't the greatest passer in the world. We all know that. He might make up some production with his legs, but I feel like his passing numbers are going to be pretty low this week, and it's going to be low enough that it's not going to be baseline and then where you add off with the legs. So I think we might be looking at a very low performance for Josh Allen, even though he's coming off some a few really hot weeks now. I just don't see Josh Allen being productive against a, a Broncos team where if the Bills are going to have success, it's going to be running the football and we're grinding out yards and then kicking field goals or maybe having a couple scores here or there. But it's not going to be high scoring at all. And Josh Allen really benefits from rushing touchdowns and rushing yards and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, going into waiver wire pickups again. Uh, our final our final category. I'm going to kick it off with the guy that I already mentioned, Bo Scarborough. Um, actually, as of like basically the the start of this week, he was owned by zero people. Um, no one no one owned him. So really, at this point, he's up for grabs in almost every league. Because um, actually, I put in the claim for him. Uh, believe it or not, uh, I think that he's he has great great potential being a number one receiver, number one running back. Excuse me. Uh, against a Washington defense that has struggled. I think that he's a guy that you can pick up, throw him to the flex right away, um, really just take a chance with him. You know, 40, 14 carries is a solid number, uh, especially being a guy that could actually earn that role at having the performance he did against a Dallas defense that isn't isn't bad. Yeah, and that's going to take me to my first one. I'm going to say Jonathan Williams, so another kind of there was an injury and now there's a feature back, and this is for the Indianapolis Colts. Um Williams saw some action prior to Marlon Mack suffering a broken hand, but with Mack out of the picture, we're looking at Jonathan Williams stepping into a significant role in this Indianapolis Colts offense. He had 15 attempts for um, 117 yards and a touchdown. He's averaging 7.8 yards per carry. Oh, sorry. I read that a little bit wrong. 13 attempts for 116 yards and uh, 8.9 yards per carry. So, just a, a two year less carries there as that was actually his year attempts, but he's shown that he can be productive. He's now con- almost a feature back. I mean, you have Hines catching the ball out of the field, but you're looking at Williams who's going to step into um, uh, Marlon Mack's role, and Marlon Mack has been a great running back this year. So Williams a great option off the waiver wire this week. Yeah, I definitely think that Williams is a great option. Uh, my second waiver wire pickup is going to be James Washington. Yes, I am somehow made my way back to James Washington. <laughs> At the beginning of the year, I had predicted that he was going to have a good season. But Juju Smith-Schuster, the Steelers' number one receiver, um, is set to be out, um, as well as Johnson. So really, we're down to just there's not a lot of options on this Pittsburgh team that stopping James Washington from potentially having a 10-point game. 
I think that they're going up against a Cincinnati team that has struggled. I'm not saying he's a, that you pick him up and you start him right away, but if you really need someone to go this week, James Washington is your guy. He's a guy that you could stash if both these guys, um, both Washington or sorry Smith Schuster and Johnson, remain injured for uh, extended period of time. I think that a number one wide receiver for any team uh, potentially could could be a guy that you would want to start and want to have on your team. So I think this is how James Washington has made his way back to my pick him back up as he's only owned in 13% of leagues. Yeah, it's actually really interesting to see how that how he's actually kind of started to come along finally. I really thought, I kind of agreed with you. I thought he was going to have a great year this year. But that brings me to my second waiver wire picker pickup, Noah Font, tight end for the Denver Broncos. I mean, it's such an interesting position, and he's finally getting targets he had 11 targets last week they're finally using him as a elite tight end and even though he only hauled in four receptions he had 60 receiving yards and he's look he looked good I watched him play a lot and his route running looked good he was open the the quarterback uh there they had a backup quarterback in at the time actually just kind of missed him a lot and I know Font could have had an even bigger day and for me He's the best available tight end on the well, market right now. I mean, you, obviously there's Kyle Rudolph and uh, Jacob Hollister, but I think Noah Font has the greatest upside in this uh, off the waiver wire right now at this moment. Yeah, um, I think that at, at the tight end position, there's been a lot of a lot of struggles um, throughout the year. As Kittle and Kelsey even have, you know, Kittle's been injured and Kelsey's been struggling. I think that it's a position that really needs some help, and if you can find a guy as you mentioned, I think that you should take that opportunity. My final pickup is going to be a guy um, that we all had really forgotten about. It's Ryan Tannehill. I think that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is on a bye. You you pick him up off the waiver wire and can start him this week. He's only owned in 33% of leagues, but he's looked very good this year. Um, nine touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, he's going up against Jacksonville, who is middle of the pack. You know, they're without Jalen Ramsey and Jacoby Brissett did just struggle against them, but um, like Kirk Cousins is even on a buy this week. I think that he's a guy that you you pick up and there you go. You take your chance with a guy who um, has really had like a rebirth almost with the with the with the Titans. So I see I can see him being able to be picked up and help your team right away. Um, I think that he's looked good with AJ Brown. Maybe Corey Davis finally comes back. But I think that this Titans offense has looked much better with Ryan Danhill um, than obviously with Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and that's going to take me to Debo Samuel to finish us off here. The, uh, the South Carolina product has really come along in his rookie year here. Um, he is averaging 16.8 yards, or 15.4 yards, sorry, this month. And he's right now the number, like, obviously there's Kittle, but Emmanuel Sanders is facing some injury issues. Debo Samuel stepped up big time, and he's finally becoming a really productive member of this 49ers wide receiving core. And I think for the weeks to come, you're going to see Samuel have continue this dominance week in and week out. And for me, you can re you're really going to see like he can really help your team in the playoff push. If you put him in a flex role or something like that, you're going to get bonus points in those small categories. And in playoffs, it's small margins, very small margins. So you really need that extra low boost. And I think Samuel could actually really do that already. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, that's all we have for this episode of Season Saviors. Make sure to check out DHSPress.com for all the news the Titans need to know. Hello, 
This is Shane Riley, a co-host of Season Saviors. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Dental Center. And no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. Give them a call today at 703-870-2487.